This show is part of the Darkmore Podcast Network. To join our community Discord or see more content from our members, visit darkmorepodcasts.com. My name is Joe, I'm the Dungeon Master of this campaign, and this is Advantage. This is the beginning of our third arc. Returning listeners should be excited. We're in a new realm of the cusp, called Kolgafir, and about to introduce some fresh new characters following the retirement of Ulrich and Morlinde. Without spoiling it, I know that Sarah and Steven have worked hard making their characters feel alive, and they couldn't be more excited to introduce you to them in this episode. New listeners should know that Advantage is a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons audio drama focused on storytelling and character development. For six years, we have told a rich, happy, funny, wonderful story, which sometimes has delved into heavy, occasionally gut-wrenching subjects. There is always a commitment to telling those stories thoughtfully and purposefully. For example, this, our third arc, will quickly dive into subjects of racism and sexual violence. It is my pledge to you, as dungeon master and producer of the show, that these themes will never, ever be the heroes of the story. They are never going to win. They are never set up as good or virtuous or admirable, only vile and evil and despicable. Rightfully so. It is the inclusion of those subjects which is why I have finally decided to add the explicit tag to advantage on podcasting apps. Despite being overall a fun and enjoyable, happy show to listen to, listeners should be mature enough to understand our commitment to purposefully and thoughtfully confronting the bad subjects when they come up. The explicit labeling will help ensure that our listenership is prepared for that. And with that introduction given, let's play the game. This is Advantage Arc 3, Episode 1. You meet in a tavern. Alaris Grimton, tonight you are the lone patrons of a tavern, the Drecky Drecka, the dragon's drink in Orcish. Behind the bar is Fishbelly, heavy broad shoulders, cleaning drinking horns, Almost immediately, hers was a friendly face for you in Endelfilk. She learned your names quickly and remembered every story you told her about your previous adventures. Likewise, you two, what are some stories about her own adventures that she has told you? Uh, despite the name Fishbelly, she's actually a little afraid of fish. When she was really young, uh, she was swimming in just a, a random pond and happened to feel something at her toes before she knew it she was surrounded by a whole school of fish 
and being a small child, didn't really know how to react, and it freaked her out. So, <laughs> she has no real problem with them, but she, like, every now and then will get a flashback to a bad memory. Yeah, swimming in water was, especially water that you can't see in, like scummy water or, like, the, the depths of the ocean, still terrifying for her. What else? Uh, she makes her own tuna dip. <laughs> All right, now together, come up with a great story of heroism that she's done in her past. So, this happened when she was a little bit older, maybe a preteen or so. She woke up early one morning to her parents yelling uh, across the room because they couldn't find her younger sibling anywhere in the house. So she got bolted awake. And she had to save her little sister from a pack of... From a pack of cigarettes. Don't smoke, kids. <laughs> wild. I'm going to go boar. All right, a pack of wild boars. I'm not, not saying that she fought and killed a bunch of hogs. You know what? I think that part of Fishbelly's story is that she did manage to kill all 30 to 50 feral hogs. Wow. All right. <laughs> That's a lot. That's part of her telling of the story. I was going to say, it's not necessarily part of, like, the truth, but it is how she tells it. Mm -hmm. And that's how she got scarred up on her shins. To this day, you can see tusk scars. You think back on this morning, before leaving the fearsome sloop, the Arzire, set off from Kira Arena, Cow Island on their next voyage back to the stack hideout. Captain Sealeg Jimbringer offered you a small trinket. What was that wow. trinket? We just got a random trinket? You get a trinket. Tell me what this trinket is. A ship in a bottle. Oh. Okay. Yes. Go on. It's a replica of the Arzire. And like if something gets damaged on the Arzire, it'll get damaged on the ship. Neat. Show this to Fishbelly. She owes us a favor. And sure enough, when you showed her the replica of the Arzire in the bottle, Fishbelly smiled and nodded, and then took you to a small camp of A-frame cabins around back of the tavern, to a shared rickety bunkhouse. Compliments of the establishment. Food and drink, too! Oh, well, thank you. Now, you're still the lone patrons of the Drecky Drecka. Fishbelly is cleaning drinking horns. So where where is this place located again? Endelfilk. If you imagine currently audience in uh, Kolgafir, there's a great river, the River Svik, that runs through the heart of the continent. And then right at its mouth is a village called Endelfilk. You're outside, technically, of, of Endelfilk at a uh, small fishing pier. Um... That doesn't see a lot of action in your experience, brief though it may be. However, the Drecky Drecka stands at the end, and it has been a warm home for you. But why are you here at the Drecky Drecka? Well, were there supposed to be like a meeting or something here? Yeah, yeah. When you were paying your respects to the dead, a whole of the Arzire's crew was here in a conversation between Jim Bringer and Fishbelly. You heard Fishbelly say, Anchor's blood sister, Agnar Skold's daughter, is holding an open meeting here in three nights' time. 
for those inclined against Jarl Rook Iron Tusk and Kooning Headtaker. You also learned that Anker Skuldson, the previous helmsman of the Arzire, who you held last rites for, was apparently a blood theoden, a blood prince of Indothilk. Mm. And thus, now you wait. Finally, after a long wait, the door cracks open. Igogsel, Urshin. Stephen, tell us who we see walk in the door. Urshin is a dragonborn, very clearly. Uh, a red dragonborn. While currently I am wearing that sort of like light green like robe tunic thing and some some light armor, the the thing that stands out the most um, you see is is a bright green scarf that I'm wearing. When uh, you know in moments where I like turn or something, you can see that I have what appear to be just a couple of sticks on my back. Um, it is obvious that they are for self-defense. What are those called? Sticks. Sticks! Yep, that's them. Like, they're not tonfas. Eskrima. I, I'm, as dragonborn go, like, sleight of frame. I'm not, like, super big and bulky. I'm a little, like, thinner and, I don't know, more slight than you might expect. And that's me. Urshan, where, where is everyone? I thought that there would be more here. Urshan kind of sighs and then signs. I, too, thought there would be more people, but I guess this is the best that we could do. Can you describe what you just did there? Uh, yeah, so Urshan uses, I guess, do we call it CSL, like cuspel sign language? or Cuspel sign language. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, that's that's what they speak with. Um, he I guess speaks like with. he speaks correct. With. Oh my gosh, this is gonna take so much. I've been I've been Auric for so long with with they them pronouns and Urshan uses he him pronouns, and so I'm gonna get that wrong for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what uh, that's what he speaks with. Uh, he speaks with uh, CSL, and I guess like a little bit of kind of lore. CSL is. Far more ubiquitous than like ASL or something like that. Like that's American Sign Language for non-Americans. Correct. We were just talking about how international our audience is, um, but it, it's a lot more prevalent than uh, any sign language system. Um, kind of like how on the cusp and in most of D and D there is common, uh, and it exists pretty everywhere. Like CSL is the is the sign common, and like most people know a little bit. Which makes me question, Alaris Grimton, how do you know cuspel sign language? How did you understand Urshan when Urshan signed? Where did you learn this skill? It was something a lot of these younger kids were starting to introduce back in her dearth, like a, about a hundred years ago. So Grimton started picking it up. It's a little rusty because uh, he hasn't had to use it a whole lot so far. But like, he's still—it's still in there somewhere. It's—it's it's coming back. There, uh, we'll say there's a teacher at the Weaver School that that uses cuspel sign language. The door opens again once Urshan settles down, and this time a pair of slim but strong orcs enter. Both are scarred with ears like cauliflower, 
One of them, taller, has scabbed stitches across her eyebrow. The other one has a bronze plate skullcap. Uh, is this... And then it trails off. Fishbelly nods, and the pair sit down with their legs angled toward the door. Uh, you three give me insight rolls. Would you believe it if I told you oh. I actually trained in this experience? I would hope so, given your character. Yes. Well, just because that would make sense doesn't mean it's something I actually, like, you know, would do. Uh, 19. Uh, 19. Wow. Uh, Grimton? It's a 19 on the die, but... <laughs> just... Yeah, just call it a 19, just for the cohesion. <laughs> That's right. The first rolls, three in a row. Sarah, uh, give, give us a Just roll a, a 19 roll, just for us. For yeah. Roll a 19 <laughs> for us. Let's see if we can All do right, it. let's see. No. No? Well, you know, can't get them all right, huh? Is it a dirty 19 if you had added your insight? If I'd added insight? Uh, uh-huh. Sorry, it's a new character sheet. I can't find anything. No. No? Ah, darn. Okay. Sarah, what what integrity? Because she could have just lied through her teeth. You could have just radio. lied through your teeth. That's right. But no, no. She, she chose not to. We are nothing if not honest. Sure. So for you three who did honest roll... 19s. These two are clearly battle-ridden and are worried about something. You also see them eyeing all of you curiously. Not used to dragonborn, half-elves, or dwarves. Uh, give me medicine checks, the three of you. A skill rarely used here. Medicine. medicine, you say? Mm-hmm. 12. <laughs> oh. It's a three for me. Solid, solid, Grimton. This is ironic, considering. <laughs> Dirty 20? Urshan, you recognize that their cauliflower ears are caused by blood clots between the skin and the cartilage. It's a clear designation of a warrior who fights close, hard, and frequently. The taller woman with the stitches across her eyebrows says, <clears throat> I am called Hundred Scar. He is called Stranga. Urshan, you know Orcish well enough. Uh, you could call yourself fluent at it, even. And you know that Stranga translates to the verb to gore, as in by the tusks of a boar. Mm-hmm. Uh, another person pushes open the door. She is powerful and lightly armored, under a heavy cloak and a of polar bear fur. Urshan, you know this as Gen Skuld Daughter, commonly called Gen the Butcher. She assesses a room, eyeing each of you and lingering on Hundred Scar and Stranga. She nods to Fishbelly and Urshan and hangs her cloak on a chair. Her arms are littered with runic tattoos. She does a quick breath, looks around performatively, kind of shrugs her shoulders, and Asks you, Urshan, uh, well, where in the night hells is she? Huh? Rather than, like, a proper, like, sign language, I just, like, give a shrug, like, I don't know. (laughs) The door opens again, drawing the flames from the ground hearth out. Ah, she's arrived. Hold Og Seal, Elfbreaker. Sarah, tell us who walks through the door. So through the door walks Agnar Elfbreaker, 
daughter of the former Jarl. She is an orc. She's very tall. She has a very cool buzzed haircut, carrying a very spooky-looking sword that is somehow forged from bone it's, or spine, actually. She has one arm that is essentially chopped off below the elbow that she has covered in a bandage, and then the other arm has some very cool spiky armor on it and she is dressed in some also polar bear fur because it is very cold and nasty outside. She walks in, hangs up that fur, and goes to sit next to Gen. Hey friends, it's Joe. Well, you've now met all four of the player characters in Arc 3. Grimton and Alaris, played by Yessi and Zack, respectively, who continue their adventures from our previous stories, and now Urshan and Agnar, played by Steven and Sarah. You can find beautiful artwork of those player characters, past and present, on our website, advantagednd.com characters. You've also met some non-player characters, NPCs, like Fishbelly and Gen the Butcher, who will be a part of our regular ensemble surrounding our hero's journey and this arc in Kolgafir. You'll find maps of Kolgafir and the rest of the cusp at advantagednd.com world. New listeners should know that we have a mid-roll during most episodes, a time to briefly address the things in the story that we want you to listen for in particular, or give announcements about important things happening on the production side of the show. Things like this. Advantage now has a regular recording schedule. After six years of kind of just like throwing darts at calendars to hastily and scrappily put together recording times, we finally nailed down a system. We're planning to record Advantage every first and third Monday of the month at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. Every occasional fifth Monday of a month will be spent with our highest tier of Patreon supporters as they join the cast for Disadvantage, our lighter spin-off series also set in the world of the cusp. I could spend the whole mid-roll talking about the wonderful benefits of choosing to financially support the show on Patreon, but I'll save you that time by simply redirecting you to the website patreon.com slash advantage dnd. We may also use our mid-roll to talk about the show's sponsors. One of our longest is Dark Silver Forge, who create stunning cast zinc alloy dice sets, which are five and a half times heavier than your standard plastic dice. The whole cast has rolled bones with Dark Silver Forge for years, and we can attest to their quality. Get your own. Visit darksilverforge.com and use the code ADVANTAGEDND, no spaces, all caps, for 10% off your purchase. Finally, I must mention that Advantage is a founding member of the Darkmoor Podcast Network, which hosts a smattering of wonderful shows all focused on gaming. Our central community hub for all of those, including our own, is the Darkmoor Podcast Network Discord channel. There's a direct link down in the doobly-doo, the episode notes, or follow the links at our website, advantagednd.com, or on the network's site, darkmoorpodcasts.com. One of those shows is Dragon Mind, presented by Incendium D&D. It's a discussion podcast which looks through the infinite lenses of tabletop role-playing games to discover their best selves through gaming. In fact, during the interlude between arcs, I was invited to guest on their show. One episode is called Shop Talk, and the other one is called 
character discovery. If you're a fan of our show but haven't listened to Dragon Mine yet and are looking for the excuse, this is it. Anyone who's played a tabletop RPG will say that they're unlike any other medium available. The experiential possibilities are endless, and that's what we're here to examine. Welcome to Dragon Mind, a tabletop discussion podcast brought to you by Incendium D&D. We're here to look through the infinite lenses of TTRPGs to discover our best selves through gaming. Gaming doesn't have to just be an escape. It can help revolutionize your reality. Available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. All right, let's get back to the show. Thank you. Agnar, your party awaits you. As you take your seat, Fishbelly flips the sign outside the door to closed and then brings a platter of drinking horns and a pitcher to the table. Agnar, I will say that your danger sense is peaked. It's not immediate. There are not traps. But something isn't as you would hope. I eye the handful of folks in front of me. And Joe, do I know the two fighters who walked in earlier, Hundred Scar and Stregna? I'm assuming I know them, yeah? Uh, Give me insight checks. Oh, that's bad. Seven. Seven. <laughs> Hundred Scar and Strenga, they could be from anywhere in Endelfell. It was a secret call, but it was an open call. If if word gets out, anybody is welcome at this meeting to collaborate against Jarl, Rook, Iron Tusk, and Kooning Gleb Headtaker. They could they could just be nobodies. All right. Around. You might have seen them around. You might not have. You could have seen their face a bajillion times. But, you know, who isn't scarred on the forehead? <laughs> I, as I'm surveying, because I know the folks I don't know, uh, my eyes fall on this elf-looking guy and this dwarf. And I don't know if I've seen those kind of folks in Endolfilk for some time. Hey, who are you? Now I have to talk low for my entire life. <laughs> for Agnar's entire life. That's true. We can kill Agnar at any moment. I'm considering it right now, but... Oh, <laughs> no. You've seen one rook die. It's, it's the same for all of them. The name's Grimton. Uh, Grimton Steadyhand. And you must be Agnar? Yes. Why are an elf and a dwarf in our tavern? Uh, we must have a mutual friend and gem bringer. Fishbelly ha- uh, half shoulders you, Agnar, and says, I'll vouch for him. They're a part of the crew. Oh, did they work with Thirog? Yes, they worked closely with Anchor. And you too. She gestures at the orcs. Why are you here? Uh, Stringa says, heed in the call. I'll take that. Um, if we're all well enough acquainted, I'd like to get started. Urshan and I have asked you guys here to consider how we can deal with Iron Tusk and, of course, my half-brother. Do you want it to work or not? I do want it to work. Then it will clearly have to be clandestine. What quarrel do you have with Iron Tusk? Bad guy. <laughs> Bad guy. I agree. Urshan... Like, rather than using, like, some kind of, you know, actual sign language, just goes, hmm, okay, yeah, and, like, points at him, like, oh, that's a reasonable thing. Sorry uh, to be new here and everything, but why does it have to be clandestine? Look how many people are here. There's six of us. How many people are 
on the other side. And I'm sure there's a lot more on the other side. Well, how, how was I supposed to know that, Lars? You think only eight people live here? It's a big city. I don't know. Three or four thousand of us here. Yeah, but how? The point is, the current Jarl, Iron... Why are you here, dwarf? Yeah, Grimton, why are you here? Elf? <laughs> Dragonborn? What stake do you have in this filk? Well, I mean, I just heard this guy's a bad guy. I don't know. Just... <laughs> I feel obligated to undo injustice wherever I go at this point in my career. But more directly, as I mentioned to Agnar, I'm friends with Gembringer. He said this would be happening. Seems like a good way to occupy my skill. I don't know a Gembringer. I do. And so does Fishbelly. Can we just back up to square one just to make sure we're all on the same page? Yes, I could do that for you. I mean, I know the subtleties. To get our foreign friends. I know the subtleties of some of these social interactions are beyond your orcish brain, but like... Excuse me. Trust me, we're we're friends here. Them be fighting words, dwarf. Can I roll inside on... I don't know if it was Thousand Scars or the other one. Hundred Scars. There's not a thousand yet. Hundred Scars. Thousand Scars when we get done with them. rank or like yeah you can roll inside on it i just want to see uh how ready to swing she is or they are against you in particular yeah 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 uh it was a 17 they maintain the same position body language wise they're sit pretty uncomfortably their legs are still toward the door which is how they began but uh any weapon that they brought is not on them currently Hi. Agnar, was it? Let's just. Can you please just start at the top? Yes. I'm sure we'll be all on the same page at the end of the. I would love to do that. I just, I just want to get the full picture. My half brother took over the entirety of Kolgafir. Oh, okay. The entirety of Kolgafir. Wow. He put Rook Iron Tusk as the jarl of this village. I should be the Jarl of this village. So does he just suck because you're not Jarl? They are particularly vile and ruthless in their methods, even for an orc. I see. Urshan cuts in, signs in, in, uh, and like the, the body language that I'm exuding is, is one of like confidence and authority uh, in this. I'm not like hesitant uh, in doing so. Are you signing two-handed formal or... One-handed informal. One-handed informal, um, but with a sort of swag to it, a confident swag. Yeah, like like this is my arena. I'm very comfortable in it, and Got I'm it. not uncomfortable talking to people about it. But he says that Gleb Headtaker, in particular, uh, is one of the like most lecherous people that exist, and has committed what can only be called crimes uh, against concubines and women here in Kolgafir. <clears throat> I come, well, he's, he starts to say, uh, he starts to, about to go into the two-handed formal and, and talking about who he represents and then stops himself and instead ends what he was going to say there. Fishbelly adds, have you not heard the Scald's tales, their sagas that they spin? No. Nah, can't say they've reached us. Nope. Do you mind? Fishbelly turns and asks Agnar. Fishbelly begins the saga of Gleb Headtaker. 
Born bastard boy, Elfbreaker's bairn, his human father told tales true of cunning kings and innovative inventors. Haftadax hewn, a fearsome fighter, the Jarl's house Carl Skuldson made master commander of a Kravi. Elfbreaker's brave guard lifted axe above bed and then made the young Jarl head taker. Kooning impressed, hoped head taker would join his battle-born raiders at Heroes Axe Hall. Mounted messenger sent, but delivered deftly, for the young Jarl claimed it a lecherous lie. Then a standard-born sent, second invitation ignored, on dishonest claims of unfriendly falsehood, judged ungenerous without a good gift offering. The cooning entranced third invite extended, this time with the beautiful brutality. Third time denied, Elf Dream still enraptured, set off for Farfilk to see him in his heap of skulls. The mighty meeting was set behind barricaded door, locked alone to talk. Headtaker took another, and stealing the skull in a vicious victory for Kolgafir's new kooning. Under untrained king with clever charisma, battle-born glory gained, armies amassed from far-off filks, rallied enraged, marched mightily toward the fortress of war. Wound towers on wheels, baneful ballista, hateful door hammers, tall trebuchets built to destroy the famed fortress of peace. Thousand ship launch across the sacred strait toward terror and trembling to bring back old enemies. Born bastard boy, elf breakers bairn. His human father told tales true of cunning kings and innovative inventors. That is the saga of Kooning Gleb Headtaker. And who is Headtaker to you, Egnar? Gleb is one of my half siblings, of which I have many, including Iron Tusk. Okay. He's the worst yeah. one. Iron Tusk is a, oh, full, he's a sibling. full sibling. Oh, shit. <laughs> and full sibling to me, says Gen, the butcher. But I am willing to kill. But again, and Agnar aren't full siblings. No, we are. Oh, okay. Headtaker killed a bunch of people to become <laughs> king. New Kuna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least two. <laughs> At least two. <laughs> oh. We're also, you're missing the best detail in this, which is that the old Kooning sent as a gift an axe. Did did he kill him with the axe that he sent Yeah, him? yeah. I think it's called brutality. Killed him with his own weapon, which is yeah. pretty dirty. If he's not a good Kooning, why can't someone else just kill him and take the throne? I mean, wow. we could do that. Like, just be like, hey, I want to challenge you to combat and just kill him and take over. Elaris, I know things might seem a little simpler over here, but that still, I'm sure, proves a challenge. I mean, we've been trying to dethrone Grace Under for a little while now. Well, yeah, but could you just challenge Grace Under to a fight, take his head, and then become Grimton Head Taker and become King of Herdearth? Well, not quite. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. If that's the way it works here, then go beat him up. Okay. <laughs> like to Nargofilk. I guess doing it in secret is probably easier. <laughs> Killing him in his sleep's probably easier. That's probably true. 
So if you need help getting snuck in there, I guess that's fine. We can do that. I see we have an ideas guy. (laughs) (laughs) If you didn't do it, I was going to do it. We have been successfully sneaky at least twice in the last month. That's true. Is Gleb like particularly strong? Yes, and well guarded. For one, you should know that he isn't in Indofike, and he isn't in Nagrafilk. He would be at the Fortress of War, you idiots. This is also- He's leading an army. Well- He's surrounded by an army. That's actually closer to the Pandominion, which gets me closer back to her dearth, so. The pressing problem right now is that Iron Tusk is here in Endolfilk, hurting, killing, and abusing folks in the Longhouse. First things first is going to kill your sibling. Yes. Gein the Butcher, right? Gein. Gein. Skin the butcher's the the primary target at, at the moment. What, no, what? no. Gun's, Iron Tusk. Gun's right here. Gun's right here. I dare you to say it again. Not all it's orcs look the same. Gin stands up and has like both hands on the table, like ready to reach across at you, Alaris. Oh my bad. <laughs> A lot of names really quick. Yeah, Urshan is like, was he even listening? Like Grimton signs back. He's brilliant, but really bad. With Why him. are you here? Yeah, Lars. The dwarf answered. Why are you here? <laughs> At one point, we were trying to help in the great scuffle. Well, we still are, Lars. Yeah, but isn't that like wrapping up? At this point, like we stopped all those Warforged and whatnot. Yeah, there's still people killing each other at the northern border. Like Urshan signs Warforged. Grimton signs to Urshan. There was basically an armada of Warforged headed here. We stopped them with some help. Uh, Urshan signs. How do two people stop an armada of Warforged? There was, there was more than just the two of us. You can understand that. The hand waving. Uh, Grimton signs at him. Oh, you can't, orc. <laughs> Urshan doesn't like does genuinely giggle at that a little bit, um, and nods appreciatively. But also like a little like okay, <laughs> like don't be racist. <laughs> I learned it a few years back. It's uh, it's a little rusty, but yeah, I can understand the hand waving. Again, was it or hundred scars? Who am I talking to? Stranga. I, who? Stranga. Which one's... There's three of them? There are five orcs in this bar. Do you know what Stranga means? <laughs> Dwarf. This is not going well. <laughs> I don't think I would know enough orcish to, to know. No, I, I, I don't. <clears throat> I'm fluent in, in common, it roughly translates to being gored. That's my name. Were you Gord? Stranga is going to jump up literally on the table and is going to push you out of your seat. Give me a dexterity saving throw, Grimton. Man. Agnar just sits back and watches because the dwarf deserved it. Can't wait for a roll for initiative. Dexterity saving throw. Huh? 14. That will not do it. You fall on your ass. Take uh, 1d4 damage. That was only one. He's going to jump down with legs straddling you with his head as close as he can get to yours. You make another comment like that, you won't end up just on your ass. You'll end up in the sea. Do I make myself clear? Take a swing. Dwarf. Do it. 
And this is how Grimton died. He's going to roll a 14 plus 7, 21 to hit. That'll hit. He, he's the one with the bronze skullcap plate on his forehead. Uh, he, he leans back and absolutely headbutts the shit out of you. Where's my D10? Here it is. Nine plus three. And give me a constitution save, please. 18. You save from being stunned, but it hurts a bunch. It's more of a head blow than you've taken in a while. Sure. He gets up off of you. Uh, I get up. He takes your seat next to Alaris. <laughs> nice. I sit on the other side of uh, Strenga. Dwarf, are you finished? I'm glad you got that out of your system. <laughs> next time, I'll hit you back. Oh. But for now, it looks like we're fighting the same guy, so save it for Gleb. Hashtag save it for Gleb. Can I pour you a drink? Pour yourself one too, Strenga. Kiss already, dang. <laughs> he, Strenga looks at Fishbelly who rolls her eyes and then goes, get, goes and gets two drinks. She brings back two horns. It's a bitter drink. Bjorn Angelica. Bitter drink that uses uh, like uh, celery, Angelica, instead of hops. It's warming. I imagine being here for a couple days, I would have had it at least once by now, right? Yeah. You have, yes. Yeah. So. What are we, what's the plan so far? Um, Urshan signs, I don't know, you're the idea guy. <laughs> Clearly. Fishbelly <laughs> snickers at this. Yeah. I thought that we could start by infiltrating the longhouse. Okay. And then? That's as far as I got. The current plan is to infiltrate the longhouse. And get rid of, uh... The Jarl. What's stopping you from just walking in? Currently, I'm not the most popular person. Would they look upon you favorably if you caught two Pandominion spies? Yes. Do you know two Pandominion spies? <laughs> is it Stranga? Yes. I lean, I lean close to him. See, when I said that, the implication was that me and my friend here would act as Pandominion spies. We'd pretend to be Pandominion spies that you caught. That would be one possible way of just walking in there, mostly uninhibited, right? Gen, do you think we could re-enter the longhouse and not appear as a threat? Hell no. Hmm. My best suggestion would be to get him out while he's like on a hunting trip or some shit. Hmm. So don't sneak into the longhouse at all. That might be a better idea. Y'all might not know this, but Iron Tusk, my damn brother, he's always been a lazy whelp. He has his raiding team and the advisor do most of the daily work. But, uh, Iron Tusk, that piece of shit likes to live in luxury without any of the duty asked by his station. If he was an acting Jarl, I might have some sympathy for him. But no, he enjoys a good hunting trip. He's got a camp out in the forest. If, if you were really gung-ho about your, your sneaking into the longhouse, I remember that he was regularly serviced <laughs> by a team of these sex slave prisoners. <sighs> and... Mm, they, those are kept rotating by uh, one of his best friends who was recently upped in station that goes by the name of Skin Sliver. He's now the uh, Skilder Master, the Servant Master. Urshan signs with the formal signs two-handed. These are the crimes that I have come 
to prosecute. Yeah, I'm, I'm not okay with that. When is his next hunt? You know as well as I do that we're not privy to the Jarl's calendar anymore. So would it be possible to lead him into an ambush while he's on his hunting trips? Can anybody wild shape here? <laughs> no? Okay. Um, but he has a camp, so we'd be able to just ambush him there, right? Stake it out. It was our mother's camp before. Yes. We know it well. We do. Up to you, Agnor. I had a vision of burning the camp straight to the ground, and it felt pretty good. <laughs> I think staking out the camp is probably our best bet. I don't think anyone would expect us to be out there in this weather, in this season. It's getting close to winter. It would be easy to stock up supplies in this corner of the filk and head out uh, into the woods unnoticed. They would probably do one more hunt before it got too cold. Even if they don't, all we would have lost is a few days, right? So not a whole lot of risk. It depends on when we go out there. Who can we talk to with proximity to the Jarl or the the Longhouse who might be more privy to whatever the Jarl feels like doing from day to day? Uggzak, Fang, again, turning to the rest of y'all. The youngest of uh, the, f- the four of us legitimate heirs, um, like four years old, sired by a different concubine than us, only a half-sibling, but is going through a similar education process as Agnar and I did. Why would she talk to us? We're her sisters. Yeah, and her brother is explicitly telling her that we are traitors and dangerous, etc. But she is four. And we're her sisters. Mm. So yeah, we're, t- we're talking about a preschooler here. Why would she know? Maybe she's going. We went all of on all of mom's hunting trips. Mm. So wait, Agnar, did you get like banished from Indelfelk? Not exactly. After making it very clear that we weren't okay with Gleb, we're not necessarily welcome. <laughs> banished, yes. <laughs> In practice, yes. It might as well be banishment. Basically, culturally, we know that we're going to get murdered if we show up. Because, like, we're a threat. Sure. It seems relatively low risk, right? Just trying to talk to her. That's true. Or am I missing something? No, I think it would work. All right, so we're going to go ask... A four-year-old. The sister. When they're heading out. Beginning in arc three of the show, we will have closing credits during the end roll of every episode as a time to personally thank everyone who made Advantage possible. Following the credits is our blooper reel of all the goofs and commentary that didn't make it into the published story but is still important or fun to share, so stick around for that too. This show would not be possible without generous financial backing of our Patreon supporters. Today's episode was brought to you by Adam Guta. Brian, Chris Kimball, Dan Bauer, Daniel Tan, Lucia, Mark Williams, Michael Callahan, Ryan, Thor, and Yona. 
Thank you. Each and every one of you. We would not be able to share this story with the world without your help. Music in this show was written and performed by our friends Blake Bost and Ormond Audio. Our logo and extensive maps on our website were done by Daniel Grayling. Emmeline Kelly drew our character art and our website was built by Labor of Love Graphics. Our role-playing system is 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, published by Wizards of the Coast, who we hope keep the focus of the game on community over profit. Alaris Geldream was played by Zach Weaver. Jesse Lemus played Grimton Steadyhand. Agnar Elfbreaker was played by Sarah Zimmerman. And Urshan Bethethnosh was played by Stephen Sivils. I am the Dungeon Master, Joe Love. Thank you, friends. I'm going to go boar. Nice. All right, a pack of wild boars. 30 to 50. I was going to say, just like the Republicans warned. Barrel hogs. Gen or Jen? Gen. Gen. Unless you want it to be Jen. Is that how you wanted it to be pronounced? Jen the Butcher? No, I like Gen better. Sarah, in her questionnaire, spelled it G-H-E-N? Yeah. So, I don't know, it could go I wrote it down, so... I'm going to get the spelling right now. <laughs> oh, man, I'm getting too much into, like, the the get your agenda out and get your shit started kind of meeting, and that's not the kind of meeting this is. Is it not? Uh, <laughs> I, it could be. I, I, I could you're, you're in charge of the meeting. Right, an agenda. I don't know Agnar, <laughs> but, but, like, Agnar seems like a no-nonsense kind of lady, so, like... That would be really funny be if this business. became, like, a committee meeting. Um, and I'm the chair. <laughs> Uh, committee on committees. <laughs> Steven, what's your character's name again? I'm so sorry. Urshan. Urshan. All right. Um, Bethethnosh, Beth- if you want to realize Bethethnosh. Bethethnosh. The emphasis is on, like, the second syllable, right? Bethethnosh. Here, here, I'll put it, I'll put Beth- it in, the, in the chat. Thefs. Bethethnosh. I'm going to say Urshan. But that's there it is. It's in the it's in the chat now. It's, it's Nosh. Zadarian. So what chat did you put it in? The voice room chat. Oh that uh, chat. Oh I should have put it in for this session, I guess. Yeah, whatever. Bethesnosh. Bethesnosh. It's it's ironic because their name uh, or sorry, his name gets gets like butchered a lot by like people who can't say it. <laughs> um, and the the tricky part is the like the th- all the th- th- sh- sh- and uh, that's not an experience that he ever really has. As a silent say person, his name out loud. Yeah, it, it, there's he not a sign for it. It's just yeah. like always spelled out. You for spelled him. out right, so he just it, and it's not that hard to spell. So he just for him, so he just is good at it, and so he kind of gets a little bit of a, a giggle out of everybody who mispronounces it. All right. Well, I'm not gonna do that. Which is everybody. All right, Urshan and I have asked you guys here to. That's in character. (laughs) 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 To consider how we can deal. Is Grimton racist? A little. (laughs) A little? Okay. Grimton has, like, fought battles against orcs. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, okay, okay. Agnar, was it? Let's just, can you please just start at the top? If I understood correctly, he killed a bunch of people. Like, while they were sleeping? Or did I make that up?
No, that was right. He, okay. he killed uh, Jarl Skuld Elfbreaker, uh, Agnar's mother, right. while she was sleeping. She, he was a trusted uh, house carl. Okay. Um, he broke in, took her head, and thus became Jarl Headtaker. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so he's Jarl Headtaker, as in, like, he's, his, like, name is Headtaker because he took someone's head, and that's what made him the yes. Jarl. Ah, but that wasn't, that was just the Jarl. And then the the king, the Kooning, uh, in, in Orkish, the Kooning was impressed yeah. and sent three times um, offers for Headtaker to join his own Battleborn Raiders at the Hall of Axes mm-hmm. in Nagarfilk. Headtaker kept denying it and denying it and denying it. And finally, Earthdream set off to go see Headtaker in person. And because it was at his hall, the Heap of Skulls rising to Chernagar. Basically, the guy went to go meet him one on one, and they he took he killed the king mm-hmm. and took his place, basically. Yes, and thus became the king of the whole of, of Kolgafir. Hmm. The new Kuning. And then Kuning Gleb Headtaker made Jarl Rook Iron Tusk, also a sibling, a full sibling of Agnar's, the Jarl. Of the longhouse at Indelfike. Love Headtaker has been cooning for a year. Would Grimton have known that? Like, as an po- important geopolitical figure, or nah? You only recently probably would have been able to identify the name Headtaker as the villain. Okay. And that is because the Kolgafirian fleets would have been told as Headtaker's fleets or t- Headtaker's armada, etc. Et the dwarf answered, why are you here? Uh, nothing better to do, I guess. Nothing better to do. Dear God. I don't know if we need these folks. Oh, I, I mean, I figure the great scuffle's on a downswing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, put that in character. <laughs> the great scuffle's on a downswing. That's quite a way to put it. In this gleb... Headtaker Hero Forge. Mm-hmm. Is he holding the skull of the previous Kooning? Who's to say? Well, the previous <laughs> Kooning was a Goliath, so okay. that's a pretty small skull. Okay. Yeah, it is a pretty small skull for a Goliath. It might just be mm-hmm. his mom's skull. Yeah, yeah that, might, that might very that. well be uh, sure. s- skull Various, just Whatever Headtaker, you know, has to hold a head at some point. Yeah, Makes one, sense. one must hold a head. <clears throat> Can't take what you aren't holding. See, there's this very famous old story about the, it's called Astral Wars, and in that story they're trying to save a princess, and they take guard outfits and dress up in guard outfits, and then, like, handcuff one of their, like, bugbear friends (laughs) and pretend that he's a prisoner, but he's not really handcuffed. Um, So when they get in there, they, like, beat up all the guards so they can save the princess, right? Except, so we're basically going to do that. You wouldn't even have to dress up as guards because, like... Sue us, George Lucas. 